Looks like some kind of insect. A bee. Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Are you endowing these bees with human motives? Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to the environment. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. My name is Garrett Smith. And my name is Story Potenza. And uh, we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And at gmail.com. We're part of the Movie John Podcast Network mm-hmm. on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn. And our partner, Pat... And today, we're talking more about David Warner. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, talked about his career uh, through the 80s last week. And so we're going to round out his career tonight, starting with the 90s. Hell, yeah. Um, This is getting into my David Warner territory. Yeah. Going to be talking about some turts soon. Talking turts. (laughs) Um. I don't think I have any movies I want to talk about, but I did want to talk about a book I just read. Um, so Killer Bee is super fan, and my father, uh, Bob Potenza, just bought me the uh, Mako Kaji um, Unchained Melody book. Yeah. Uh, from um, well, I think he like found it on like eBay or something, um, but Arrow released it. Um, and it's super hard to find, uh, but uh, if you remember, I was kind of begging people to mm-hmm. help me find this book, um, and he surprised it with me for my birthday. Uh, I just finished it. I, I thought it was really, really good. I kind of wish it was longer, just because there's still so much about her I want to know, um, and I want to know, like, what's she doing right now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, uh, one of the people that emailed us a while ago said she used to have a YouTube channel um, that she, like, updated. And it seems like that isn't a thing she's doing anymore, which is too bad. Um, But, yeah, it's uh, one just, like, gave me some more interesting insights into her as a person. um, But it also uh, gave some information about certain other film stars and directors that were popular that she worked with uh, at the time um and also just like some information about the japanese film history because we talked about that a lot on that episode and i just think that period of time is really interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah like she is just like a total badass uh, even more so than i thought um she like really stood up for herself in a lot of the roles she did and like tried to like she didn't want um, to show any nudity, even though she was in a lot of exploitation films mm-hmm. at the time. Um, so, yeah, it was just like such a good read. And I'm like so ex- I'm like pumped about her again, yeah. uh, which is fun. Um, I'm looking forward to reading that. I, I, I would like to read that. As yeah, well. she's uh, definitely one of our favorites. And I hope that like more of her films get released over time because yeah. um, there's still a ton of things that just like aren't really available. Um, but even talking about some of her like smaller roles, like in uh, the uh, what's the Battles Without Honor and Humanity mm-hmm. series, um, they talked a lot about those and like just kind of uh, how she brought her own flair to those roles, even though there are movies that are mostly populated by men and mm-hmm. the women are usually kind of tossed aside in those movies and how she still like made a presence for herself. And so I just thought all of that was very cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is I watched a movie. You're not going to care about this at all, but I watched a movie called Torque. 
<laughs> that I liked a whole lot. Uh, Why wouldn't I care about that? Uh, well, maybe you would like to work. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is directed by Joseph Kahn, who I'm a big fan of. He made a movie called Detention that I like a lot. He made a movie called Bodied a couple years ago that was really good. Um, and uh, Twerk is this totally weird, insane movie he made, like right on the heels of Too Fast, Too Furious, that is basically an unwinking parody of the Fast and Furious movies, like the first two that had come out. Made by the same producer as the Fast and Furious movies. Like, the guy that makes the Fast and Furious movies produced a parody of the movies that he makes his living on, which is really crazy to me. Uh, it's really fun. It's really funny. I'm pretty sure it knows how dumb it is, and I had a really great time watching it. Uh, it's super well-directed. Joseph Kahn is, like, an awesome director. I highly recommend Twerk if you're into severely stupid cinema. I just added detention to my watch list. You would like detention. Detention rules. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it'd be pretty fun. I think you would really like it. Nice. Detention is a very fun movie, and it's right up your alley. Very cool. Yeah, it's like a slasher movie that pushes the boundaries of that genre in a lot of like fun mm. ways. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. It's cool. Sweet. Well, should we talk about some David Warner? Yes, please. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start with the 90s. Uh, so for TV, I don't know if you remember this. He's in Twin Peaks. Hell yeah, I do, yes. Uh, he plays Thomas Eckhart, uh-huh. who is one of those characters that is, like, talked about a lot before he actually makes his, like, grand entrance. Yes. And I feel like I had watched Twin Peaks years ago, and so when it's revealed who Thomas Eckhart is, I was like, I don't I don't know right, this right. guy. I don't really care. But now I'm like, holy shit. Like, that yeah. is David Warner. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like this kind of guy in the background. He has a relationship with a, with a Jody, I believe yeah. her name is. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Right. Yes. He's like the benefactor guy or whatever yeah. right? that she's like always talking about. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's like kind of this like feared character, mm-hmm. like that, you know, she's like very upset when he shows up again in her life and in Twin Peaks. Um, and then he starts kind of like uh, participating in some of uh, some of the behind the scenes, like, uh, you know. I don't know. Not sure what kind of word I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh, but some of like the the like skeevy things that are yeah. like going on the, in Twin the, Peaks. The scheming that's happening. The, yes, in the lots right? of scheming. Yeah. Uh, so like you know we watched Twin Peaks like beginning of pandemic maybe, and now I want to watch it again just to be like excited when Warner pops up. I I remember when he popped up when I watched it, being like, oh that's it, it yeah. was one of our early me being like, oh this guy is awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'm glad. Um. So, yeah, he's also in Tales from the Crypts, uh, Star Wars Next Generation, or Star, Star Trek, Trek Next Generation, uh, Murder, She Wrote, as always. Always. Uh, Gargoyles. Oh, with our boy. Yep. Uh, he was the narrator in some Winnie the Pooh shorts. Oh, that totally makes which sense. Which I thought was very cute. Yeah. Uh the Spider-Man animated series, uh, Total Recall 2070. I didn't know they made a Total Recall TV show. That kind of makes sense. Uh, Outer Limits and The Hunger, which we also talked about, which is that like anthology show with David Bowie. Right, yeah, so uh, weird. So tons of shit. It's yeah. like pretty wild, actually. Um, but in 1991, he was in the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Hell yeah, he was. Kind of play, like, he plays this character named Jordan Perry, but he, I think he's, like, basically supposed to be, like, Baxter Stockman, who's, like, a a kind of big character from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. universe. That's, like, who he most reminds me of, and I kind of think that that's, like, maybe what they were going for. But he's just, like, an evil scientist. 
Yep. You know, he's just like, he's like a guy that's like working on that ooze. Uh, Gotta get that ooze. Yeah. And, you know, that ooze is bad. Uh, and I don't know if he, yeah. can't remember exactly if he like knows that it's bad right away, but he definitely is playing like a very David Warner character in that movie. Yeah. Like this makes me want to rewatch it too. Cause like we, I had never seen any of the Ninja Turtles yeah. movies until we started dating. Yeah. Um, and so we watched the first one and then this one together. And I like now want to rewatch it just for Warner. Cause yeah. I feel like it was still early enough where I didn't appreciate who he was yeah. at the time. And this one is like the like the cult object. Is of... this the one with Vanilla Ice? Yes. Word. Yeah. So that this song one is, is dope. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Ninja Rap. Ninja uh, Rap. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is the cult object of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. universe. People really, I think, love this movie. Um, but but like kind of ironically, you know, it's like yeah. it's not like a great movie, but there's lots of fun, funny things about it, including that Vanilla yeah. Ice plays a concert and raps and dances with the Ninja Turtles. Does this one have Shredder or is that? Yes. Yeah. They both do. But they this one do. has Super Shredder at the end. That's it. Super Shredder. This one has those two other creatures that get made that are like real dumb dumbs. Oh, one's like a shark thing. One's like a snapping turtle and one's like a wolf. That's and it. They're like okay. To- to- Toger and Razor, something like that. Word. Yeah. Uh, it's a real silly movie. I really like the first movie like a lot. I think the first movie is very underrated. It's a really, actually yeah. great movie, I think. And this one's like, it's just a very funny, silly movie. Um, if people are curious, we interviewed the director of Teenage Ninja Turtles 2 oh, yeah. on my old podcast, I Like to Movie Movie. Uh, and that is still available on the internet. So if you want to hear me talk to Michael Pressman and ask him what it was like directing a bunch of guys in big rubber suits. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a pretty fun interview. He's a really nice, fun guy. It's funny. I totally forgot yeah. that you interviewed him, but I remember yep. that was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, we did not talk much about David Warner, unfortunately. Oh darn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then he does a movie called The Blue Tornado, which is a thriller that has um, Patsy Kensett in it from the movie Time Bomb, which you and I watched recently. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like the like psychiatrist chick that oh, like teams okay. up with him, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was funny. Um, and then he is in the movie Cast a Deadly Spell, uh-huh. uh, which was like an early HBO movie um, that we watched. I had yeah. seen before, but uh, I had never seen it and I'd always kind of wanted to. Yeah. And I thought you would probably dig it because it's uh, you've been like kind of more into some noir stuff lately. Yes. Um, it's just like, what if H.P. Lovecraft was a noir detective? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of. Kind of interesting, and I think I remember. I think I liked it more watching it this time than the yeah. time before. I feel I like I was like, good. yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's got a really good cast again. Yeah, great cast. Um, Clancy Brown is in it, and yeah. he's really fun. Um, and uh, what's that guy's name? That's the lead in this. He's really good in this. Uh, because he's not normally a leading man. He's usually like a supporting player. Yeah, stuff. you're right. But he does a really good job of... Uh, Fred uh, Ward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Fred Ward is real good in this, I think. He's really fun in this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is directed by Martin Campbell, who goes on to direct a bunch of James Bond movies and some other stuff, including Casino Royale. Oh, shit. Okay. That's um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, and who's the, the lead actress in this? I am blanking on her name for some oh, reason. Uh, I just clicked off of that page. Give me one. I just clicked onto it. Moment. Never mind. Uh, Julianne Moore. I kept, oh, yeah. I kept in my head going to me, and I'm like, I know that's wrong. Uh, but yeah, Julianne Moore is also very good in this movie, oh, yeah. and I like her a lot. She's great. Um. <laughs> Goes in tight. Um, and this is another movie where David Warner is playing, like, uh, you know, 
kind of a sketchy uh, villainous character. Yes. Um, again, I feel like wearing good smoking jackets because uh-huh. that's totally his thing. Um, you know, he's the guy that hires Lovecraft to retrieve this book for him. And of course, it's like there's much more going on. And this like the movie has a really cool premise, too, because it's like uh, a 1940s noir. But it's like, but what if like magic had been discovered and people were using it frequently within this world? So it's a pretty cool concept with that. Yeah, like Red Ward's character. What's like interesting about him is that like he doesn't use magic. Like in this world, everybody's using magic so much. He's anti-magic. Yeah, that he's like an anti-magic guy, and that's yeah. like that is uh, an interesting character trait about him to the people in this world. Yeah, because he's like the only guy, and everyone's like, "Why wouldn't you use it? It yeah. makes life easier." Yeah. And all this, so it's, it's like he's kind of a curmudgeon-y, but then there's also like, well, there's like a reason for why he right. doesn't use magic. So yeah, uh, I thought this was like a pretty fun, interesting movie, and uh, yeah, Warner is very good in it. And uh, spoiler alert, gets like swallowed by a giant, <laughs> like uh, Lovecraftian creature at the end. Yeah, there's a couple of really good like puppet creatures in this movie. That was something I didn't remember yeah. and really appreciated watching it this time around. Yeah. Um, and then he's in Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. I'm not sure, but this might be the one about time traveling whales. Oh yeah, I know there is one of those, and that's the one I want to see. Oh, that, might be that sounds fun. Four. That might be four. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, in 1992, he's in The Lost World, uh, based on the Arthur Conan Doyle novel with John Rhys Davies. Hmm. Um, about two rivaling professors, a journalist, a young wealthy woman, and a teenage boy who travel through Africa in search of the lost world, a place where dinosaurs still roam. And I then always assume that this is in reference to the Jurassic Park sequel, but the Jurassic Park sequel is in reference to this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then same year with like the same exact cast uh, does return to the lost world. Well, okay. That, yep. There's no way those weren't just like filmed back to back. Oh or yeah, something, right? for sure. Yeah. Uh, this also is a film that has a great movie. He's in a TV movie called Diagnosis Murder, The House on Sycamore Street. Oh, okay. Uh, starring Dick Van Dyke, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Oh, and you know, I think Diagnosis Murder was like a TV show. So this was maybe like a movie okay. of the week, you know, like based on that show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then another movie with a really long name. Uh, 1992, he's in The Unnameable 2, The Statement of Randolph Carter. Can't be that unnameable if there's another one. <laughs> a creature of demonic nature, too hideous to have a name, once again terrorizes the college kids that summoned it. Okay. <laughs> sounds fun. All right, that sounds fun, actually. And then in 1993, uh, he's in another anthology film that we love. He is in John Carpenter's Body Bags. Yeah. Uh, he is in the hair segment, which is like, is that the last segment? It's the Second segment. Second segment. Stacey okay. Keach. Yes, I've only seen it once. I feel like I always, I always remember the first segment really mm-hmm. vividly because mm-hmm. I think that's like legitimately a really creepy one. Yeah, it it's got like some Halloween station, yeah. like stalker vibes mm-hmm. that I like. Um, but I, I do like kind of remember hair being really like fun and goofy. Yeah, this one's like silly. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the ones Carpenter directed because then I think the third segment is maybe Romero directed it. I think. Mm, okay, gotcha. And that's the one with um, uh, Mark Hamill as the baseball player that gets his eye eyeball knocked out. Oh shit! Yeah. Get, gets it replaced with the dead guy's eyeball. No, what's weird is that I watched this at the same time I was watching like a lot of, a lot of other horror anthology things. Yeah. Like I was watching um, what's it, Hammer House of Horror. Yeah. 
Um, and so I think I like got a lot of these confused in my head and I'm like, what shorts from what thing? Right. And now I'm like, oh, okay. So that was a body bag segment. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But hair is like kind of a sci-fi one where mm-hmm. like aliens are uh, taking us over through like a, a hair replacement product. Which is amazing. Yeah. And David Warner plays like, uh, I can't remember exactly how it works, but I believe he's like a human that is helping facilitate the aliens mm. uh, takeover of, of people. I think, yeah. like, I don't think he's an alien himself. I think he's a human helping the aliens, but you know, I a gotcha. villainous character that helps run this corporation of mm-hmm. hair products. Uh, and then he's in Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, yep. uh, which is a movie where Jeffrey Combs plays H.P. Lovecraft. Under, like, some interesting makeup and prosthetics. Honestly, when the movie started, like, you don't see his face right away. Right. And so in my head, I was like, huh, Combs doesn't really look that much like Lovecraft. Right. I wonder, like, if that matters or not. And then we were both like, oh, they, like, did prosthetics to, like, make his, like, face longer and his, like, nose a little bit bigger. His nose and his chin are especially different. Yeah. Because, like, I, but also that I feel like a th- is a thing that would be important to Combs, especially yeah, yeah. since, like, Combs does those, like, uh, one-man the performances Poe. Yeah. of Poe. Uh, and I know he does, like, the makeup and everything for that, which I would love to see it sometime. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this... This was uh this is also available on YouTube, but it was like a really crappy quality, so we found it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. It was recommended to me by a friend uh, years ago when I had like just started reading some Lovecraft stories, and they also knew I liked Combs. They were like, "You have to watch this movie," yeah. um, and it's like pretty fun and pretty weird fun. there's a lot of crazy effects in this movie yes. um brian yuzna is like one of the directors on the film yep. which all of his movies are pretty wild goopy. um goopy. goopy yeah he does uh he's society and yeah. uh reanimator 2 yeah brighter reanimator brighter reanimator yeah um yeah lots of goop uh always very goopy warner is like in this really weird segment uh, I think it's the second one. Yeah. And he plays this, like, professor character that's, like, kind of holed up in a house. It's, like, always cold in his room. And you find out that he has found this way to, like, live forever and, yes. like, preserve his life. Uh, but he needs to, like, constantly be stealing, like, people's spinal tap fluid. Yes. So there, that one's, like, weirdly gro- goopy where, like, you kept getting grossed out because there was this, like, pink pus that kind yes. of comes out of him at different times you're just like Ugh. oh god yeah uh, it's yeah. like this like viscous like, oh god it was so gross yeah. every time also he like wins over and like seduces this A pretty young, young girl yeah. in the in that segment which is weird yeah. uh but yeah i mean he's again like always very good at this and he's like I guess kind of a bad guy. He's like, right. you know, killing people to live forever, but he like comes off as very sweet and like yes. clearly cares about this girl. Uh, but then at the end, they do some really crazy effects with his face yeah. that are like gross yes. and uh, incredible. Yes. I loved that part. The, I thought it was so good. The movie to me is like, that is the most recommendable thing about it. It's just like the effects are so crazy and weird. They're really good. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like the makeup on Combs is really good. Like yeah. it's, it's all really well done. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I was a pretty big fan of this movie. It's yeah. like weird, uh, yeah, but I was is. pretty into it. Yeah. 
1994, he was in Felony, an action thriller, also with Jeffrey Combs, Ashley Lawrence, and Lance Henriksen. Okay. Also, it's like not a horror movie, which seems weird considering that that cast of humans. Everybody that's in that, yeah. Uh, He's in an erotic thriller called Trist. Uh huh. And then he's in the movie Inner Sanctum 2. Uh, after a traumatized woman kills her rich husband in self-defense, his family and friends show up to secure a piece of the inheritance for themselves, even if it means driving the poor woman insane. Or worse. What or the worse. F- what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Um, and then he is in, uh, again, works with Carpenter in the Mouth of Madness. Oh yeah. I love this movie so much. Yeah. you. This was a Carpenter I just had never seen, and it wasn't like super available, which is, I think, one of the reasons. Um, so we watched it together um, like a year or two ago, maybe? Yeah, a couple years ago. I think it was like one of the first movies of 2020 we watched, actually. Um, I... I really liked this movie. It's so weird. It stars Sam Neill. He's great in it. Um... Warner, I also kind of remember him like having like a perfect performance for this and like yep. being good for this uh, this world that they create. Yeah, he. I mean, he's just like exactly what you want for a movie like this because it's like it's such a weird. Even for Carpenter, it's like a weird movie. Yes, and so you need somebody like Warner who can very seriously deliver some like pretty wild, wacky dialogue. You know. Yeah. But but kind of convey it as if it's like totally normal. Yeah, because he plays Dr. Wren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to rewatch this movie because for some reason, some of these like later Carpenters just like don't stick in my head as mm-hmm. well as like his earlier stuff that I really like. But I remember being really into this one. And it's another movie that kind of does like, a, you know, it's kind of about like horror writers. Yeah. Um, so it feels like it's kind of about Stephen King, but it also has like a lot of Lovecrafty, mm-hmm. like cosmic horror stuff going on yep. too. So there's like a lot of elements of just the storytelling that I was really into. Yeah, me too. Um, and then in 1995, he was in Ice Cream Man. You keep wanting to watch this movie. It's come up a couple of times and you're always like, Ice Cream Man? We, why? We why wouldn't you want to watch this movie? It seems so weird. I, I mean, I do want to watch it. Okay. But like, I'm, yeah, like why... Why is it weird that I want to watch it? Uh, well, it's not weird. I just think it's it's a funny movie for you to be every time it comes up. You're always like, oh, what about Ice Cream Man? Uh, yeah, but it's got Clint Howard starring in it. Yep. It also has Olivia Hussey in this movie, which honestly that that's a pretty good sell is really interesting. Warner plays like a reverend in it, which oh, sounds okay. kind of interesting just for like a well-rounded look yeah. at his career. Um. But yeah, it's like, you know, a creepy dude selling ice cream to kids. I want to know more about that. Yeah. Um, in 1996, uh, he was in the TV movie movie Rasputin, uh, which I love Rasputin as a historical figure, um, which Alan Rickman plays Rasputin in this one. Okay. Um, and it also has Ian McKellen in it. So it's got, got a really Pretty good cast. cast. Yeah. Um, he's then in a movie called Naked Souls starring Pamela Anderson. LOL. An artist tries to rescue her scientist boyfriend who has switched bodies with an evil elderly genius. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Gotta see it. Yeah, what Need the fuck? Know. That sounds crazy. Uh, he's then in Beastmaster 3, The Eyes of Braxis <laughs> uh, with Tony Todd. Hell yeah. Uh, which we saw the first Beastmaster at like a fantasy uh, yeah. marathon. I, I think I slept through that movie is my memory of it's that. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, I think that one, though, is a Don Coscolari movie, I think, maybe. Okay. 
Um, he then does uh, the movie The Leading Man, starring Bon Jovi. Oh, so they got a, a bat. They got like a non-leading man to star in the movie called Leading Man. Yeah. Um, and then he he worked on a video game. He did some voice acting for Privateer Two: The Darkening. <laughs> uh, also, John Hurt, Christopher Walken, Clive Owen. They Jesus. like all did voices for this and i guess it's like a, a flight simulation game okay uh which i just thought was kind of interesting yeah and then in 1997 he's in titanic i don't remember him in titanic that's so interesting i mean i've never seen titanic all the way through so i don't what? know yeah i don't need to we've talked about this before yeah i guess because uh, we talked about it with uh with paxton i'm pretty sure i saw it twice on the big screen but uh, i do not remember david warner in it yeah uh yeah two titanic movies in his career fascinating yeah. And then he's in Scream 2. I didn't remember that he's in that either, but yes, yes of course. Yeah. He plays the drama teacher. Uh-huh. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, he's so perfect for that. And totally. it's another one, like, we went through the Screams, like, a yep. year or two ago. And then I was, like, after the fact, like, what the fuck? Yep. Like, how did I not there realize? Yep. Um, but, yeah, like, totally perfect for this, you know, campy world of the oh, Scream yes. franchise. Yep. Um, so I'm, like, a huge fan of that. Um, yeah, and then he, in 1999, he's in the movie Wing Commander uh, with Euron Prochnow, Freddie Prince Jr., and Matthew Lillard. Okay. Uh, someone, I feel like, told me they watched this recently, and it yeah. was really terrible. Okay. Uh, Blair, a fighter pilot, joins an interstellar war fight uh, to fight the evil Kilrathi, who are trying to destroy the universe. Sure. Uh, but like a late '90s Freddie Prince Jr. vehicle that's like a sci-fi movie. It seems pretty weird. Also, Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard don't they go on to star in the Scooby-Doo movies together? They do. Right. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yep. Pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to his roles in the 2000s. Um, so for TV, he did uh, well. TV and others things. Um, he voiced. Uh, did a voice for the video game Star Wars Force Commander. Okay, he makes sense to me in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, he also did voices for Batman Beyond, which I loved watching when I was a kid. Hell yeah. Uh, Buzz, the Buzz Lightyear show, which I didn't know was a thing. Okay, I remember that. Uh, the Men in Black TV show, yep, yep. which I also loved. Uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, which I remember. Oh, yeah. Um, and then he did Doctor Who Dreamland, uh, which was an animated Doctor Who show. I don't know if I knew there were animated Doctor Who shows. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and then did Doctor Who um, in 2013. And now I'm like blanking on which doctor that was. Uh, that, that was yeah. Smith, I think. It might have been. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was Matt Smith. Um, that's kind of awesome that he like basically just like did a i mean this is like a lot of voice work and a lot of good kind of high profile voice work and like i'm sure i probably heard him in one of these things because oh, these sure. are all like big parts of my childhood he's got the a great part. voice so it's like it makes sense to me it's like oh yeah that's a great way to capitalize yeah. like have a second wind in your career yeah i love that um in 2000 he was in the movie back to the secret garden oh shit they went back uh do you remember the secret garden i remember that that was a movie that everyone from my generation really liked and i don't know if i ever saw it because i was like you have a sister like there's no reason for you to watch that movie but like tara may have watched that movie i can't remember if i ever watched it but i i remember that that movie was around all the time i the the Secret Garden and The Little Princess were two of my favorite movies okay. as a kid. Uh, so I've seen that movie a lot. I had no idea there was a sequel. Yeah. Very interesting. It went back. 
Uh, and then in 2001, he is in The Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. That's the um, the Tim Burton one. Yes. Which I have seen. I have uh, not. And, uh, you know, I saw that on the big screen, and I was, like, in middle school, I think. And I think I liked it well enough at the time. I have not seen any of The Planet of the Apes We got to watch those sometime. Yeah. They're fun. I know we've talked about that. Yeah. I don't remember David Warner in this, but also he might have been under a bunch of ape makeup. So that might be why. That is possible. Um, he is then in the movie Superstition with Mark Strong. Okay, I like Mark Strong. Uh, a British au pair in Italy is accused of murder when the bed of the baby in her charge bursts into flames. What the fuck? She is sent for trial and locals claim uh, that she's a witch. Okay, all right. That sounds wild. It sounds real wild. I remember reading that description and was like, wait, it just bursts into flames? <laughs> yeah, that awesome. is so strange. Gotta see that. This baby spontaneously combusted. Oh, I love it. Uh, in 2005, he was in a horror called Straight Into Darkness. Uh-huh. Just so funny. Uh, and then he's in Cyber Wars with Joan Chen. Uh, okay. So they work together again Hell after yeah. Twin Peaks. Cyber Wars. Um, and I didn't know this was a thing. In 2005, he was in The League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse. Okay. I don't know what that uh, is. With Mark Gaddis and Michael Sheen. Okay. Uh, the notorious fictional town of Royston Vassie is under threat, and the inhabit- inhabitants are forced to leave. Okay. Seems very strange. The League of Gentlemen's yeah. Apocalypse. That is a crazy title. R- right? I thought it was like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen thing. And then I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, And then in 2006, he was in a Sweeney Todd TV movie that has Tom Hardy in it. What? Okay. didn't know existed. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that existed either. It's like not too far away from the Burton one. Right. It's very strange. Um, And then in the 2010s, um, he was in Penny Dreadful, which I watched. Uh, He was in Wallander, which I watched. It's like a BBC Kenneth Branagh like crime show. Oh, is that like the name of a detective or something? Yeah, that's Branagh. Uh, and then uh, he was on Ripper Street, which I wanted to watch. Uh, what the fuck is Ripper Street? Uh, it's a Jack the Ripper like uh, crime show from Whoa. BBC Two. What if um, he played Jack the Ripper again? I would love that. I was like really into a lot of these like BBC crime dramas for a while, yeah, so yeah. like I was like, oh cool. I'm like glad you did a bunch of these. What's the one that David Tennant did? Church. Something church? Uh, Broad Church. Yeah. Also very good. It's good, I've heard. One of my favorites is called Wire in the Blood. They're like two-hour episodes. Wire in the Blood. Do we own Wire in the Blood? I have the first season on DVD. Okay, gotcha. Because uh, it's about a criminal psychologist, and that's what I wanted to be for a long time. I gotcha. Yep. I gotcha. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so he has just a couple roles here. So in 2010, he was in a movie called Black Death with Eddie Redmayne and Sean Bean. Uh, yeah, tell everybody what you heard about this movie because we were, like, maybe vaguely oh, yeah. in this. We, we had talked about, like, maybe watching this. And then, oh, yeah, I was talking to Alex about it because he had seen that Freddie Prince Jr. movie. Uh, Alex, who did our artwork. Yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, Black Death, like, that movie's like pretty depressing and he's like you know a bunch of people go into a town and then they just get the black death and i was like oh, okay cool so yeah. like we definitely don't want to watch that because because nope. you're always iffy on like period i needed to have some kind anyway. of hook beyond just like yeah we're just a bunch of people got the black death and we put it on film yeah it sounds horrifying yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I have a couple more um, TV shows here, too. He was on The Alienist, which is really good. Um, that's a TNT show that's got, like, a really great cast. Yeah, you were watching that for a while at some point, right? Yeah, I need to finish the second season. I also love that book. It's a book by Caleb Carr. Uh, Daniel Bruhl, Dakota Fanning, and Luke Evans all star in that movie. What or in that, that TV show. What is that about? Like, what? Um, so alienists are like some of the early like um, forensics oh. uh, kind of people. So uh, Brule is kind of doing like some of this like early criminal profiling. It takes place in like uh, like the late 1800s in New York City. And it has like real characters in it. Like um, I think it is uh, Teddy Roosevelt was mm-hmm. like the governor of New York at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's a character in the book and cool. in the show. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's like them figuring out like early forensics but also like also having like really outdated ideas like they used to believe which i think is fucking crazy that when someone died you could take the last image they saw like off their eyeball like that was a thing they thought you could do so they could like solve a murder by just like being like oh as long as they got a glimpse of the guy right before he said right and that was just like a thing they like thought was possible which i i just find fucking fascinating it's also like how do you even get as far as thinking that's because like at a certain point i assume you're doing like you're trying to use that information yeah like, how many times do you fail to get or use that information before you go like I, I guess we just made this up it's pretty wild yeah yeah but like big fan of that idea it's very cool um he also did a voice for teen titans go which is like the newer teen oh, titans yeah. uh, which is kind of funny supposed to be good yeah um, in 2017, he did a movie called You, Me, Him, starring David Tennant. Oh, okay. Um, about a lesbian couple who, despite their age difference, are very much in love um, and want to get pregnant. Uh, they befriend John, um, and they both start making some, like, truly terrible decisions about this guy. Okay. Uh, which sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, he was in Mary Poppins Returns, which yeah. is uh, kind of hilarious. I mean, you know, I don't have a ton of interest in that movie, but I would be curious what David Warner is up to in movies these days. Yeah. Because, like, how old is David Warner now? I'm Yeah, I mean, he was born in the 40s. Yeah, 1941. Uh, so let me do some very slow math. Yep. That makes him eighty. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Eighty. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I was I was honestly a little surprised he's still alive, but like very glad that David Warner is still with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's cool that he's still like doing stuff. Kind of, it seems like too. Yeah, it's been a couple of years, but yeah, it looks like he was still like fairly active. Um, yeah, it seems like he did a voice on Teen Titans Go as recently as twenty twenty. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah, the alienist is like the last couple years too and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I have like some other kind of miscellaneous information here. Um, he played three different species in the Star Trek universe. Well, he so played, he played a bunch of different characters across Star Trek. Yeah, he played a human, a Klingon, and a Cardassian. Okay, um, that's very interesting. I wonder how often that actually happens on Star Trek because you know, in the current age of storytelling. You would never have the same actor play two different characters in a universe. Yeah, I know. know? Which is like, and I mean, if they were doing like crazy makeup and stuff, it like probably didn't matter. Oh, true, right. Um, Because I, yeah, like, I don't know what the Cardassians look like, but for Klingons, they definitely had to do some makeup and stuff. Right. Um, 
Also, like he, so he did a voice for Batman the Animated Series in '92, uh, making him the first vil- person to play uh, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, that's cool! Just perfect for him. Yeah. Um, this is fascinating. He was originally slated to play Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, makeup tests were done, but Warner had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts, and so Robert England was cast. Holy instead. shit! I mean, that would have changed his whole career. And I, I wonder. I wonder if at the end of the day, David Warner is like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't play that character because I just got to have like a more interesting career. Yeah, it's because Freddie kind of takes over uh, England's career. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to think about anyone else being Freddie. But yeah, yeah, um, which like there is that like, you know, remake of Friday or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street that they did. And it's like not great. But like I still can't really picture anyone else in that role. And I'm sure Warner would be good at it, but it just like would not be the same. And you're right. Like he probably would have done like 10 of those and that would be the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he talks about like making films in America and doing work. He said, in America, I met some fantastic people making films, but going there felt like a bit of a defeat. I mean, why should I leave my country to work? Uh, but there were far more television and films in America then. Uh, at the time, I didn't like the uh, psoriasis with the stage fright, uh, but it may have made me more sensitive and introverted, which uh, might have led to it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What, what's he going on about there? Yeah. He, he got psoriasis related to stage fright yeah which is like kind of interesting i didn't yeah it was just like a a one-off uh quote from him um yeah but like there wasn't like too too much other information about it um in 1981 um he had an Emmy award, uh, he won an Emmy award for outstanding uh, supporting actor in a miniseries or special. Oh, I wonder what it was for. What did he do in '81 that was on TV? ADD. Let's see. What did you win that for, my man? '81. What you doing in TV? Masada, Nancy Astor, which was like a TV miniseries he was on. Yeah, and then he was also in Marco Polo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of TV around then. I'm assuming it's all like I had never really heard of any of these either. Um, no, which is why, yeah, like there's some period pieces and stuff here. Um, yeah, and that's like one of the reasons I didn't have it on here. Um, uh, oh yeah, so um, he also like did a lot of stage work. Um, in 2001, Warner returned to the stage after nearly nearly three decade long hiatus. Uh, to play Andrew Undershaft in the Broadway revival of George Bernard Shaw's uh, Major Barbara. Oh, okay. Um, He also, in 2005, made a return to Shakespeare, playing... Um, the role uh, in King Lear, playing a role in King Lear, um, one of the leads. Um, so yeah, he it's kind of That's interesting. Cool. I like like the idea of him like doing uh, stage work. I feel like he's really good at that. Well, I mean, I mean, this is a weird thing to say, but he's like so tall. I bet he's like pretty interesting to watch on stage because he probably looks so domineering compared to everybody else on stage. Well, actually, him. there's a review from the uh, Telegraph here uh, that says, Warner is physically the least imposing king I have ever seen, but his slight gaunt body serves also to accentuate the vulnerability the part requires. Huh. So too does the fact that he is older by decades than most of the other members of the youthful cast. Um, so yeah, it is interesting, interesting them just like commenting on... Uh, 
Which, like, because he is a tall, it is interesting because he is a tall guy, but I never think of him as a tall guy. And that, like, kind of, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have this, like, imposing figure necessarily, which I think maybe other tall people usually do. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it was for Masada that he won a uh, Emmy Award. Gotcha. Uh, where he played a character named Pomponius Falco. Wow. Yep. Pomponius. Pomponius Falco. Uh, he was nominated, by the way, for a Saturn Award for Time After Time, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah, big fan of that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, there were a couple different interviews from him. Um, there's, like, tons of them. A lot of them are about him being in Star Trek, which is funny. Okay. Um, but I found, like, a good AV Club, um, article where they kind of, like, some, they've done this with a couple of these actors we've done where they kind of give snippets of, like, them talking about, like, a variety of different roles. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of cool just to get, like, one-offs of, like, oh, this is how they felt about, like, Time After Time or Time Bandits and all of this stuff. That so is cool. I like that. I, I should look that up because I would be very curious to hear him talk about his roles like that. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, Den of Geeks uh, had a good interview with him. That's cool. Well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know. Something about him always stuck out to me in that Ninja Turtles movie enough so that whenever he popped up in other stuff, I was always like, there he is. There's the guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It was like it was very interesting to me to actually try and investigate him as an actor. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, he's had like a very long career where he's gotten to do a lot of stuff. But like, I don't think we saw a single movie. Well, uh, no, I guess a hostile takeover. I was about to say, I don't think we saw a single movie where he was really like the star of the movie. But I guess Hustle Takeover, he was the star of. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he mostly was like this supporting player that was just doing a lot of like, yeah. I don't know, like good, strong, sturdy character work. You yeah. Know? Um, also, I was just looking at this. I thought this was true. Um, the AV Club article that I liked that has all these different like pieces of his career. Um, I guess the interview happened because of Lin-Manuel Miranda because they were working on uh, Mary Poppins Returns together. Oh. And so he's the one that was like, oh, I'm going to try to get them to like interview you because like Lin-Manuel was like talking about all these roles he had been in. And like yeah. Warner was kind of surprised that he like had seen all this stuff and knew all this stuff. So I also think it's cool that like because of that, like he got to do this interview, which uh is really interesting and yeah it was like i got to listen to him or read him talk about a bunch of these different roles yeah, so that's cool yeah Very cool. cool uh yeah i mean i had had a lot of fun talking about warner and watching these movies there's I... still a ton of movies here that i really want to watch as well me too i mean and that was the other thing is i had fun watching his movies like yeah there were very few duds among the stuff that we watched. If yeah, any, we like, lucked out. Yeah, everything everything we watched was, I think, like at least a three star movie yeah. for me on Letterboxd, which yep. is does not happen often. Right, uh, right, yes, which is fun. Yeah, um, so that's like you know, he was definitely like for a guy that did over two hundred movies and TV shows, you know, like that many yeah. credits, um, seemed to be uh, and to have done a bunch of ridiculous B movies too. Oh, yeah. Seems like he was still, like, choosy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, which is, like, pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we lucked out. Yeah. Uh, This was, like, super fun to do. I really enjoyed uh, discovering David Warner with you. Me too. Yeah. I guess uh, we should plug ourselves on the interwebs. Yeah, let's let's plug ourselves. Uh, You can find me at Philadelphia. That is with NF on uh, Twitter and Mm -hmm. Letterboxd. Please follow my Letterboxd. I I love it there. My fave social meds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's pretty much it for me. Movie John, we're doing stuff on Movie John. We always are. Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Tori Potenza on the things. Um, as of this being released, I should have a Women Who Kill on Movie John Ooh. about um, Yuki from Lady Snowblood 1 and 2. Oh, awesome. Since it's December, it felt good to write do about. Do a snowy one? Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll do Lady Snowblood for, for December. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh we watched that movie i really liked that movie the first one yeah i i liked it too but i also uh had a lot of fun uh talking about the second movie because it's so interesting to like extend that story and not really something that happens a lot with like rape revenge films right um and and that one has that whole like really interesting she's like falling in love with an anarchist or something right uh she like helps an anarchist she doesn't really fall for him but she like kind of takes on his uh his vendetta against the government right, right, yeah. and like decides to help him right um and then i should also have a review for the scary of 61st street which i'm very excited to watch mm. uh it's a movie about a couple of or i don't know if it's a couple or they're just roommates uh but they end up renting the apartment that used to belong to uh jeffrey uh epstein oh jesus yeah, yeah okay uh sounds real weird scary indeed i'm very excited about uh-huh. it uh yeah sounds good uh well let's get out of here then buzz buzz, buzz. <laughs>